Thanks for tuning in to Best Show Ever, a podcast presented by the Englert Theater. We're officially on to our fourth season of the show, and holy cow, am I excited to talk to even more cool, interesting, intelligent, and amazing Iowa City community members. We're switching things up this season with extended interviews, fresh music, new sponsors, and more. So let's grab a word from one of those sponsors and jump into our conversation with the fashion icon behind the thick and thrifted brand, the one and only Brooke Tarvin. This episode is supported in part by Lensing Funeral Home. Throughout our life, we celebrate many different events, baptisms, weddings, bar mitzvahs. However, the funeral may be the most important because it's the final rite of passage, an event and celebration to remember and pay tribute to the one we loved. Lensing Funeral Home has over 100 years of service with two convenient locations in Iowa City and Coralville. Visit Lensing Funeral Home at 605 Kirkwood Avenue in Iowa City, 210 Holiday Road in Coralville, or online at lensingfuneral.com. Brooke Tarvin is the mastermind behind the plus-size sustainable clothing brand Thick and Thrifted. She's lived in Iowa City her whole life and has been making a tangible impact on the community through advocacy of not only plus-size fashion, but also mental health awareness and self-care. Thick and Thrifted is more than just a brand. It's a meeting place for connection and shared vulnerability. Please be aware that there is strong language used in this interview that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Here she is, one of my heroes, Brooke Tarvin. Do you have any style icons? And I am curious because mm-hmm. I love your style. Um, I feel like I pick and grab from everyone and everything that I see. Like my if I spend a lot of time with my coworkers, right? That's a lot of me getting out. And mm-hmm. if I see a coworker doing something with their hair, I like try it in my own way or a layering technique. And Instagram definitely has been like a just a massive pool for me to pick from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really just I pull from everyone. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. I really like um seventies, eighties, nineties, like color palettes patterns textures silhouettes mm. I it always does come off as brook though even though you oh. have a lot of influences <laughs> like it you do have I feel you've pulled them all together in a way that is just is you which is dope how do you put an outfit together mm-hmm. does it start with a certain piece oh okay so it kind of depends like if I'm at work if I'm at work I try to be a little more realistic with what I'm wearing because I'm like moving boxes crouching down getting on ladders you know mm-hmm. It definitely depends on my mood. It's all—it's also kind of like, how do I want to portray myself? Just recently, I've kind of come to terms that there's a bit of a butchness in me. I think I've never nourished. I've never mm. really let flourish. And um, I know butchness isn't directly, you know, your fashion sense. But I feel like when I dress more butch or more masculine, I feel empowered and there was a lot of it that like growing up fat you know I feminized myself a lot just to make me palatable you know growing up you want a partner you want to be attractive and you know I grew up straight so obviously like the way I dressed myself was to find like a male partner and so I super feminized myself and now I don't really care as much about the male gaze and I'm not 
straight. I love like men, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm like really my sexuality with like how I'm figuring out how I want to portray myself and like my gender expression, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's been a lot of, a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. It's been interesting, but more lately I feel really liberated. That's such a interesting thing to be conscious of. And I've, I've noticed, you know, myself feeling similar ways. I feel confident when I am dressed more in a, in a gender neutral way mm-hmm. um, or androgynous way, which once I became conscious of that, it was like, I could use that as a tool yep. to be like, okay, I've, I've got this big day ahead of me. I'm a little bit stressed out. How should I dress to be, you know, most confident and most comfortable yeah, right now? Absolutely. And being aware of those things. To come back and think about the way you present and what you wear and how that affects the way you move through the world feels like a good exercise mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Fashion is a way to find community. And there's so many different types of subcultures where fashion is, you know, just like with music, it's very specific to each subculture. And I don't know. I, I feel like I dress certain ways sometimes to let others know that there are people like them. Was there like a turning point in your life where you noticed that you had an affinity for style and fashion or is it something that just seemed to happen like gradually over time? Um, so when I was younger, I was never really into fashion. I definitely just wanted to blend in. I just kind of wore whatever fit me, whatever my parents could afford to fit me, you know, um, like throughout high school. And then I really started playing with makeup in uh, the later years of high school. I ended up going to school for aesthetics and I worked at cosmetic counters. And that was like a really fun way for me to be creative just directly on myself. And, um, you know, I, I lost a lot of weight. And once I lost a lot of weight, I lost like almost 80 pounds, like 80, 90 oh, wow. pounds. I was able to wear like straight size clothing for the first time Like, you know, since I was a kid, when I was a kid, I didn't care about this fashion, but I was finally able to experience the fashion. And so I was probably, I was just outside of high school when I started to really start dressing myself the way I wanted to because I had options. Mm -hmm. You know, I gained my weight back. I lost it, whatever. Through that time, I just felt like there was a lot more for me available. Mm -hmm. um, And that's when I really found my love for that. I think people forget part of the push for plus size inclusivity in fashion is not just to have the basic options available, but to have more Mm -hmm. options available because, I don't know, if there were more options for us when we're younger for plus size clothing, who knows how differently we would have developed. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, you know, I was grateful my parents got me, you know, I was able to wear Ugg boots and like I had a North Face, like they hooked Classics. me up, they were like, <laughs> let me help you out on that status in high school, right. like, we'll, we'll get you set, I love them for that, but yeah, it was definitely like once, once I lost all that weight is when I really was able to experience fashion, and then that's when it, when, even when I gained the weight back, I was like, well, fuck this, I'm still gonna dress however the fuck, like, how I want to dress, so yeah. I, um... I'm going to just go see what I can get over at the thrift or Play-Doh's. Play-Doh's is kind of what started it for me too because they started carrying a plus size section and then I started to get into like 90s specifically. I started to go more vintage and then that's when thrifting really became a thing. And then now I love, I love it all. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tell us more about the origins 
of Thick and Thrifted, your absolutely stunning and wonderful and inspiring brand. When did that begin and how did it begin? So the Instagram itself started, um, I think, back in 2019. And I was really starting to feel comfortable in my body with where I was. And this is, this wasn't like when I had lost a bunch of weight, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I was, um, still very, like very much plus size and was, is, um, I wanted to create a blog of sorts to show other plus size folks how to go into a thrift, find a piece on a, Find a piece you wouldn't normally think you'd like, but then take it and style it a certain way. I wanted to try to show people that they could do that. Mm. Going into a thrift store is incredibly intimidating as a plus size person because you have very, like, you don't have a lot of options to start with. And, you know, my partner, Ben, he's like three, three X men's. He doesn't find much ever for himself when we go. And, I feel very grateful that being like a 2X, you know, there really is one to 2X. There is a decent amount of options, but you just have to be creative with the options that you have. And so that's what I wanted to do. And that was like just a fun way for me to get creative. I ended up loving styling like photo shoots and over quarantine. I had so much fun with that and I'd love to do that more. But then the sourcing and like the reselling for plus size specifically, that started during quarantine I had had Thick and Thrifted going on for a while and I'd had people ask me if I could shop for them or do things like that. And I was intimidated and I didn't think I had the means for it at the time. And then quarantine happened, you know, so I wasn't getting any kind of income from employment. I didn't get any stimulus checks. There was a holdup on that for a really long time. So I took part of my closet and I sold it online and it did well. And I still had more inquiries about people asking me to shop for them. And, you know, I still feel insecure about doing that or like not confident or feel like I don't have the means to really do that the way I'd want to. So being able to like curate clothing for people to choose from is just the way I've gone about it. Yeah. That's how it all started. It was just so I could like make a living and just continue to survive. You know, Um, I was super grateful during that time I had my partner and, family to help me out but that's how that's how the sourcing started mm. and and then um you actually told me about um white rabbit and I didn't even realize that I could sell my vintage there and I was like what okay <laughs> sure like this will absolutely I would absolutely love to do that and a lot of the, the people who bring in clothing there definitely do a great job at um finding size inclusive things but I definitely think just having someone in there advocating for the plus size community is incredibly important and it's a whole different I mean finding clothing that works for plus size people is a whole different ball game yeah because I mean the mass fashion industry isn't making clothes that look good for plus size they're making clothes that look good for like smaller to average size people mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. like knowing the silhouettes that work for plus size people mm-hmm. knowing the fabrics and mm-hmm. shapes and textures that's you are like a specialty sorcerer which is dope 
We'll be right back in conversation with Brooke after a quick word from our development team. If there's one thing we've all learned, it's that the future is unpredictable and uncertain, but the most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. If the future you want to create involves a thriving and innovative arts community, then you should invest in the future of the Englert through our Fellowship for the Future program. With a Fellowship for the Future gift commitment, the Englert has a stronger foundation to plan for even bigger growth. We are dedicated to investing more in our passionate staff, our innovative programming, and our diverse community. Victor Hugo once wrote, there is nothing like a dream to create the future. And here at the Englert, we have big dreams, and we're going to be a part of an amazing future for our community. Please visit englert.org fellowship for more information, or contact us to talk about what we can build together. Of course, Thick and Thrifted is point blank about selling sustainable fashion mm-hmm. to plus-size people. And providing that service, curating things. Mm -hmm. But also you use the platform in such a beautiful way to talk about things you obviously care about, like self-love and Mm self-care. What has it been like having that sort of platform to connect with people about these really important, deep issues? Mm -hmm. Being able to have a platform to do that, like I feel incredibly grateful this Instagram really has become a safe space for me and that's a lot of because of who is surrounding it you know when I get feedback from people it's it's incredibly fulfilling and it's a reminder that there's a reason for my vulnerability my vulnerability it's worth it even though it's taxing to be vulnerable and it's scary and for a long time I felt like I couldn't really do that it it is really fulfilling to know that they're to know I'm not alone and I know other people know they're not alone and it destigmatizes things. It brings things to light that should be talked about. I've been able to find community that way and I'm I'm just really grateful for it. Instagram is so weird. <laughs> Instagram yes. is so weird. Yes, the love hate is Yeah, absolutely. Of course you mentioned just putting together a drip uh, fit each day gets you excited. Mm -hmm. What else about this brand are you excited about or what, what is in the future that you're excited Mm -hmm. about or next steps for you? I want to do so many things. I would, I really would like to start to create more using secondhand things. Um, Reselling alone isn't really doing it for me the way I wanted it to. It's not fulfilling. I think it's, I think what I'm doing, curating and have like four plus size folks and making sure that they get to have, you know, like a genuine experience in the vintage scene. Like they get to go to a shop and shop a whole rack that fits them. Like I want to be able to do that, but I would love to be able to start creating more um, and personalizing things more, whether that's like painting on things or I would love to learn how to sew properly. Mm. Um, And I'm currently... I'm currently making bolo ties and earrings, and I would love to just utilize just secondhand goods the most I can and vintage goods. But I'd also love to do some sort of clothing swap. I mean, I'm just thinking, I just have these plans. There's nothing I'm like, there's nothing I have planned yet, but 
I'd love to do a plus size queer like clothing swap so people who can't normally who don't normally see themselves like in fashion can find a community and find themselves something that'll fit them hopefully and that they like clothing drives I don't know I would love to just be more directly a part of this community I grew up here and I didn't realize what was really here and now that I am an adult I realize what there is and I want to be a part of it and I want to add to it and I definitely I just want to be an advocate for plus size people I love I all put, these ideas I gotta put pen to paper for sure like, I gotta get in <laughs> yeah. contact with people but like I just am wanting to do more directly in the community and for the community if at all possible so mm, I'm awesome. I feel like I'm I'm in a place where I'm doing okay, and since I'm doing okay, I have the energy mm-hmm. to give to others, and since I have that, I want to be able to do that, because I can't always do that, mm-hmm. but I'd love to do it. Mm. Yeah. Snaps to that. The community building, by God, you are already doing it. There's so many times where I'm, like, being negative to myself, or being like, I'll never be, I'll, I'll never get to wear cool stuff, or look good in cool stuff, mm-hmm. or be fashionable, and I'm like, Brooke does this every day. Like, you can do this. Like, you absolutely, and you do it. Thank you, you do it. Um, okay, well, now we get into the final okay. part of the oh, interview. yes. Your best show ever, which I see you out in a boat I, at all I the shows. So I knew this would be hard. I think this is probably a cheap one, this, this answer. Like, uh, I went to a show last night. No, I love that. I love that. Yes, please. Um, I went to a show last night at Good Old Games, and um, it was Mall. It was Dose and PSYOP. PSYOP's mm-hmm. local. Dose is from Des Moines. Um, and Mall, I believe, is from Fargo. Uh, but going to shows like that is such a release for me. It really is. And, okay, so we're talking about subcultures, right? Like, like the hardcore scene or, like, the metalcore, like, that kind of scene, like, they have a style. You can pick out those kids because of what they're wearing. And that's what I love so much about, like, subcultures is that aspect. They wear their, like, uniforms, you know? Yeah. But, like, personalized. Every person makes it their own, which I think is super neat. I think that's probably my best show experience in a while. It felt really safe and comfortable. And there were some high schoolers there. And it was cool to see high schoolers out at a show like that. I wish I had been doing that in high school. But it's also no, it's also cool to know that, that this music scene and, you know, local venues are safe enough for young people to start experiencing that kind of thing. So, mm. Okay, well, Brooke, we did it. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming into the Inglort for our first ever in-person interview. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. You were phenomenal. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Inglort and Fellowship for the Future members. Learn more at inglert.org slash friends. Ongoing support is provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council. Our intro music is Free the Bull 